Broadcasting around the world. Online at PressBoxRadio.com. And to great radio stations throughout the Southeast. This is the Press Box. Indeed it is, County on great stations throughout the Southeast. That includes our friends in the Central Time Zone. Listening in Florence, Alabama on Fox Sports Shoals, AM 1340, 97.9 FM. The Eastern Time Zone. Hello, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Listening on WFLI, the Big Ten 70 at 96.1 and 100.3 FM. Mike Grace along with Bart Heitch and Colin Lacey. Fellas, we have yet to find an affiliate in the Pacific Time Zone. Uh, maybe that could happen down the road somewhere. But we have some great friends. <laughs> we have some great friends in the Pacific Time Zone. One of those is Matt Zimmick, editor of Trojans Wire and uh, covering USC there, but also college football and college basketball since uh, 2001. And again, part of the uh, USA Today Sports Network as well. Great to have you with us again, Matt. Uh, talk to us about the future of the Pac-12 now that Colorado says they're leaving to return to the Big 12. As, as we start off here, it would be great if the Pac-12 could get San Diego State. Remember San Diego State, the the school that sent that letter to the Mountain West on June 13th, uh, the Pac-12 had two and a half weeks to get San Diego State on board. Let's remember, if San Diego State joined the Mountain West by June 30th, it would have paid a $16.5 million exit penalty fee. Yeah. After June 30th, that fee goes up to $34 million. So if you're the Pac-12 and you claim you claim to want San Diego State, you claim to need that extra football inventory to get that higher price point, which is going to be competitive with the Big 12, to keep all your members happy, it seemed pretty darn paramount to get San Diego State on board by June 30. Like, you can cover $16.5 million as an exit fee, but then 34, you're getting into a cost-prohibitive area I mean, wasn't it really darn important to bring San Diego State into the Pac-12? Now, if you want to get San Diego State on board, if you're the Pac-12, you have, you would have to help cover that $34 million fee instead of 16.5. Wow. Like, who is minding the store? And what always seemed crazy about this is that the Pac-12 claimed to feel no pressure, no rush. That's what you've been hearing the past month. Like, we're not in a hurry. Uh, the longer it goes, the better it is like in other words open-ended negotiations not resolving the matter what i like to say not landing the plane like in what world in what logical world does that make sense so now the pac-12 can't invite san diego state unless it wants to cover a double exit fee as opposed to the single exit fee so it's up a creek without a paddle you can imagine that the arizona schools like that is the next key hinge point. If the Arizona schools bolt, even one of them, Arizona State or Arizona, that's probably all she wrote for the Pac-12. And so if keeping the Arizona schools in is George Klyavkov's first priority. And then you have to cobble together some kind of plan where you get that 10th school for 2024. So SMU would seem to be first on the list. Tulane might also uh, be in the mix as well. But you know, obviously, it's a suboptimal situation. If you had gotten San Diego State and SMU on board in June, you'd have a 12-team conference. Colorado probably stays in. One of the other things that George Klyavkov really didn't seem to be aware of, and you know, you guys are are in SEC country, 
You have a four-day media event. SEC Media Days is four days. So hypothetically, you could spend the first three days talking about football, and then on day four, you unveil your media rights deal. You know, and if you have an athletic director at a program, Colorado, uh, who you know is unsure about you know the long-term future of the conference, unsure about the leadership, and if he has to catch a plane to some other event, he can do that. Like you could, he could jet out of town, leave your four-day media event on one of the first three days, and he can come back for day four when you reveal your media plan. But if you're in the Pac-12, you have a one-day event. So when you're when Colorado athletic director Rick George leaves right after George Klyavkov messes up the press conference Ouch. in the morning. Early that's yeah. a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that's a big deal. Like we picked up on that at Trojans Wire. Not a lot of other people across the country seem to really associate a lot of importance with that event. But when you have a one day media event as opposed to four or two or three and an athletic director at a flight risk program is catching a plane to the airport, He's obviously not happy. Something obviously didn't go according to script. Klyavkov and the Pac-12 had to realize that that one-day media event, he had to hit a home run. He had to sound the right notes. He had to put up a positive message. He didn't do it. That was Colorado's breaking point, folks. And patience isn't forever. Colorado was patient for a whole year since the USC-UCLA move to the Big Ten, which was June 30, 2022, 12 and a half months to get a deal to land the plane. And Colorado just, it reached its breaking point. Everyone has a breaking point. That was Colorado's breaking point. So that's the other final thing to mention in kind of this preamble, Mike, is that, uh, you know, Colorado was staying. Like Colorado did want to stay in the mm. Pac-12 and make it work. This, this never should have been seen as an inevitable occurrence. But this this weird, bizarre insistence on waiting to finalize the media deal instead of, you know, getting this thing done quickly the way Brett Yormark and the Big 12 did. It never made sense. And now it has finally bitten the Pac-12 in the backside. Never underestimate the ability of the Pac-12 to mess something up. Wow. This is this is sad to me, Matt. Um, I've always been a Pac-12. I used to stay up as a kid um, w w when you could and just and just watch. Um, I love the brands. I love and Klyovkov has just botched this. You know, you want to give a guy credit. You want to. Here's my question to you: There's going to be another domino, and and I personally don't think it's Arizona and Arizona State because I don't know how you choose that if it's just one of them. Just like I don't know how. Well, you probably choose Oregon over Washington because of Nike. I think it could potentially be Utah because that makes a fit, you know, and I think the Pac-12, I mean, excuse me, the Big 12 sneakily might be interested in basketball a little bit. And what's happening at Colorado in basketball with Tad Bull, what's going on at Utah, they're always kind of in the mix. Is Utah a possibility and how big is it if they also add the Salt Lake market um, in the Big 12 and not Denver? And excuse me, and Denver. Yeah. So geographical compatibility, that would certainly be the reason why Utah would be a fit. But here's the other thing to consider. Uh, one of the things I've written at Trojan's Wire, it's gotten incredible viral reaction, at least, you know, uh, narrowly from a specific fan base. I wrote the other day that uh, on Thursday that if there's one fan base who wants to see the, the Pac-12 die, it's BYU. And 
you think about, you know, you have these West Coast liberals not trying to denigrate, like just like, like that is the political, yeah. cultural orientation truth. of those Berkeley, Stanford, the <laughs> Northwest. And they've looked down at BYU. And, you know, the Pac-12 could have invited BYU. That avenue was there. BYU wanted the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 wanted to have absolutely nothing to do with BYU because not a cultural fit, you know, just in terms of that kind of orientation. And meanwhile, Utah got invited into the Pac-12, BYU's big rival. And so would Utah want to be BYU's rival? You know, would they want to be together? Like, you know, they don't they don't like each other. And so um, that that would be an interesting point. Like, would Utah uh, want to join a conference which has BYU and now also Colorado? Like BYU and Colorado are besties. Like like there's a there's a bromance there. Uh, General hatred for someone. That's, <laughs> that's right. So does Utah want to be part of that or not? That's really the interesting question there. But like BYU is just absolutely loving this. BYU also has a nasty rivalry with San Diego State. So yeah. seeing the Pac-12 ship crash on the rocks of not being able to bring in San Diego State it is just the absolute perfect scenario for BYU fans. So if you want to go into the history of that, I have an article on that. Uh, at Trojans Wire. I think in I think there are two avenues for Big 12 here. You could expand to 16 by just getting all the four corner schools, Colorado and Utah and ASU and Arizona to go to 16. You basically are building out a west wing, a west uh, division or half of a of a 16 team conference. Uh, you get multiple markets and you get into the Phoenix market and Salt Lake City as well as Denver. That's one path. The other path is simply getting that 14th team uh, from either UConn or Memphis. Those two schools regularly come up uh, more than any others from the central and eastern time zones if the Big 12 wants to expand uh, in that direction. So I see one of those two avenues basically for the Big 12. Mm -hmm. Take us into, because a lot of people national scale have just started to hear about this debacle with the Pac-12, media rights not getting done. Take us into the kind of inside of it because this couldn't have been something that sneaks up on you. What has it been like for the last 6 to 12 months of people just kind of sitting waiting of what's going to happen and then all of a sudden it blows up into what it is now? It, it has been such a Lucy, Charlie Brown football uh, situation. You know, just kind of two weeks back, push it back two weeks more. Another month, another month, another month. And again, like Colorado just finally got fed up. And you do, you can't make people wait forever. We have to go back really to the press conference on Pac-12 Media Day where, you know, George Klyavkov, everyone knows this story by now. He says, we're not announcing the media deal today because we want to focus on football. So everyone immediately and logically thinks Oh, so you have a media deal, but you're just going to wait a little bit because uh, you want the focus to be on football. First off, you know, BS, like everyone wanted to know about the media rights deal. That was the whole news story. And, and you know, Klyavkov kept a very low profile. Like he had sources leaking and talking, you know, to outlets, you know, the John Wellners, the John Canzanos, you know, the, the nationally known Pac-12 reporters and insiders. He had sources leaking uh details and breadcrumbs but he wasn't talking a lot because he had to deal with the negotiations uh also an interesting little tidbit 
you know, in a non-crisis situation, uh, he and the Pac-12 board would normally meet for three times in a one-year, 12-month cycle. Well, he's met 30 times. He's had 30 meetings, Mm. board meetings. And so, you know, people think the Pac-12 is all talk and no action. Like, that proves it. You're just having one meeting after another. Like when your boss just believes in having meetings instead of actually getting things done, like that's the Pac-12. It's so embarrassing. But but it, but it underscores the larger point that the Pac-12 Media Day really needed to deliver something solid. Like you, you didn't have to say, Klyavkov didn't have to say, our deal's done, but he did say, you know, we're just about there with ESPN. We're just about there with Amazon or Apple. And we just need to finalize a few key details. Like, he couldn't be that specific. He had to keep all of that hidden. He needed to satisfy his constituency, which very much included uh, Colorado. And he wasn't able to do that. And I go back to, he was very quiet the past several months. When you're quiet for a very, very long time, and then you have a one-day media event, there's no room for error. You have to hit a home run. You have to give people a satisfying, thorough answer uh, about the progress of the deal. And so Colorado very clearly was expecting that. Didn't get it. Yeah. Here we are. So like that, that is how the Pac-12 stepped on a rake once again. Wow. Matt Zemick all over it for, again, uh, USC Trojan Athletics, Trojans Wire, uh, powered by USA Today Sports. Find him online at trojanswire.usatoday.com. All right, you mentioned the four corner schools as possibles for the Big 12. We already know USC, UCLA bolting for the Big 10 next year. Uh, Everybody's now looking at Oregon and Washington. The story I saw yesterday is that they've, quote, been vetted already for the Big 10. What do you think the future looks like for, for, for Oregon and Washington? Here's something. Thanks for bringing that up, Mike, because I really want to talk about one specific thing. Stuart Mandel, I mean, obviously, you know who he is, yep, yep. editor of the college football for The Athletic. One of his tweets was fascinating. I'm going to write about this. I haven't written about it yet, but I'm going to write about this for my Friday uh, content menu. And that is that you know he quoted Klyavkov and Rob Mullins, uh, the AD at, at uh, Oregon. You know, in terms of being together, they were both apparently wanting to be together on the same page, part of the Pac-12. See, this is where Klyavkov, well, Klyavkov didn't think a lot of things through. Here's another thing Klyavkov didn't think through. Okay, so Rob Mullins and and Oregon, they're going to put up this this united front. They're going to claim to say that they wanted, you know, to stay in the Pac-12. Did it ever occur? Here's the thing. Did it ever occur to George Klyavkov? That if Colorado bolts and creates these falling dominoes, which lead to an exodus, which leads to the death of the Pac-12, that that might be exactly what Oregon and Rob Mullins want. Yeah. You know, they're not orchestrating it. They don't have any responsibility for creating the Pac-12's demise, but it leads to Oregon and Washington going to the Big Ten. Not because they're the power brokers, not because they're the initiators of anything, but because, like... They're not going to the Big 12, right? Like, no one believes that for a second. So the Big 10, which claims to say, you know, Tony Petiti at Big 10 Media Day said, we're fine. We're USC, UCLA. That's all our focus. Klyavkov, in terms of gaming this out, never seemed to realize, oh, if the Pac-12 splinters and dies, that's how Oregon and Washington get into the Big 10. Like, they're not driving the bus, but it's the outcome they want. Klyavkov never seemed to think about that. His game theory is just atrocious. 
we've talked about it a lot over the last couple of days of the future of the Pac-12. What's it look like? Does it completely die? Do they lose the Power 5 designation of just kind of getting teams just for the sake of having teams? From your side, you're in it every day. What is the future in 12 months, two years? What's it look like for the Pac-12? So the first thing everyone across the country, you guys uh, in the down in the south, uh, should be looking at in, in any part of the country. The first thing is the Arizona Schools Bolt. That's that is now the, the front lines of this battle. If the Arizona Schools Bolt, that's probably all she wrote. Uh, you know, maybe the Pac-12 becomes basically a glorified Mountain West. You could see a Pac-12 Mountain West merger. Um, I think one of the things that's on uh, the, the the burner right now in terms of a Pac-12 survival plan is a merger with the ACC. Like, you know, this was talked about before, and there was that alliance with the Big Ten, but the Big Ten then Pac-12 ACC merger now becomes more realistic because both conferences, like you know that the ACC has struggled to get visibility on television, that its TV deal is terrible. It's very ESPN friendly. You have the CW getting into uh, the ACC. And so, you know, people in the Pac-12, like they've been on Pac-12 network, like that's in Siberia in terms yeah. of television <laughs> exposure. Yeah. So maybe this opens the door for a Pac-12 ACC merger and the CW gets a Pac-12 edition on top of its ACC deal. Maybe that's in the works as George Klyavkov's plan B. Uh, but like the Pac-12 is scrambling and it really needs to keep the Arizona schools in the fold. Uh, it, I mean, if, if, it, if it can do that, then it can add a 10th member, maybe SMU, and you're basically a glorified Mountain West and you're, you're not dead. Yeah. You know, and you <laughs> just try and survive until the next media rights round in like 2030, 2031. That might be the best the Pac-12 could expect. Like, just don't die. Yeah. Like that, that's, you know, there's there, it's better than death. So, um, but, but in terms of like having great aspirations, that all got tanked by failing to get San Diego State and SMU mm. into a 12-team conference with Colorado staying put. That should have been the plan, but it wasn't. And so the Pac-12 stepped in a ditch yet again. Uh, yet, 10 million. yet again. Uh, if you're a college football fan, you got to follow. He's a must-follow. At Matt Zimmick, Z-E-M-E-K, Matt Zimmick, editor of Trojans Wire and covering USC, plus college football and basketball out by West since the 2001 Trojans Wire as well. Trojanswire.usatoday.com. Matt, always enjoy our time together, man. Keep your eye on it, and we'll keep following you for the next big, big move, man. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure to be on your show, Mike. You bet. Matt Zimmick again with us as we wrap up hour number one of the Press Box. Our thanks again to Bart Heitch, who is backed out. He's got, again, with the, with the torn Achilles, He's a, he played hurt for the, for the first hour, but he's going to lay out the second hour, and that's perfectly fine. hope he feels better for a Monday. Hour two is more back with more. Colin Lacey joins me as we visit with Vince Ferrara of the Vol Network and Knoxville's 99.1 The Sports Animal. Talk a little Tennessee football. And we'll wrap the day with Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company, a recap of SEC Football Media Days coming up as the Press Box continues. On great stations throughout the Southeast and online at PressBoxRadio.com. Yeah.